This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Good evening and welcome to the 20th anniversary of the Writers' Symposium from Point Loma Nazarene University. I'm Carl Martin, Professor of American Literature for the Department of Literature, Journalism, and Modern Languages. And it is my privilege to welcome an award-winning filmmaker to this year's symposium. He has written and directed the short film, Short Term 12, as well as the feature films, I Am Not a Hipster and Short Term 12, and is currently working on the screenplay adaptation of Jeanette Wall's The Glass Castle. His short film, Short Term 12, won awards at multiple film festivals, including the prestigious Short Filmmaking Award at the Sundance Film Festival. The feature film, adapted from the short, won both the Grand Jury Prize and the Audience Award at the, at the 2013 South by Southwest Film Festival. If I listed all the awards his films have won, we wouldn't have time to talk about screenwriting. He is a 2001 graduate from Point Loma Nazarene University. Please welcome to the symposium, Destin Daniel Cretton. Thank you. Destin, as I've been thinking about screenwriting as a genre of writing, I've been struck by the fact that it is a genre of writing that few people actually read. Uh, unless one is involved in the production of a film or is a serious student of film, one might never read a screenplay. Mm -hmm. uh, the vast majority of those who love watching movies will certainly never read one. So many in our audience um, may not even have thought about the basic elements of a screenplay. My first thought was that it simply includes the stuff you want the actors to say. But something tells me there's a little bit more to it than that. So can you start us off tonight by just kind of talking us through the basic elements of a screenplay? What, what does it need to include? Sure. Um, it's funny because a lot of people say that even uh, people working in the industry don't read the screenplays. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, a, a screen, every, every, the, ba the basic description of what a screenplay is is that it's blueprints or a map, you know, for not just for the actors, but for everybody involved in shooting a movie. So um, there's no real consistent rules I mean there's a lot but but you can kind of work your way around all the rules as long as you are trying to communicate however you want to communicate to you know the art director the director the actors everybody involved so they when they read through this blueprint they know how the scene is going to take place so um, I mean every scene in a screenplay starts with where we are um, what time of day it is so the DP knows how to light it then you start reading the descriptions. You kind of get a taste of what the, the, the place looks like, what people are wearing, um, what the actions the actors are doing, and then you get into the dialogue and you hear what they're saying. And basically from that, you can kind of put together, put together the, the, the scene. But it is strange writing screenplays because when you finish, it's hard to have a sense of accomplishment because it's not finished. You know, It's not finished until it, it's actually a movie. Yeah. And so do you even get into camera angles, length of shots, those kinds of things? I, I mean, I do a little bit because I'm directing the things that I write. But if I was writing for a director, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get into that. Um, I, I don't want to step on his or her toes. Okay. Um, before we get to the short and feature versions of Short Term 12, I, I'd like to talk about your 2012 feature, I Am Not a Hipster. 
Um, the film tells the story of an emotionally troubled musician, Brooke Hyde, played by Dominic Bogart, struggling with, it seems to me, unresolved grief over his mother's death and resulting tensions between him and the other members of his family. Can, can you tell us kind of where that story came from for you? Sure. I mean, that story initially came from the frustration of waiting, trying to get the short-term 12 script made and not, not finding the funding for it. So um, with the, the, the script that I wrote for short-term 12, the feature won this really amazing fellowship that the Academy gives out called the Nickel Fellowship. And with, with that comes a grant of $30,000 um, so, and that $30,000 is so you can write another screenplay. So with that money, um, I, I basically just saved that money and wrote this screenplay specifically to be able to shoot on a very low budget with whatever means I had to, you know, with, from my friends, what, what locations we could get for free. Um, what talents my friends had that they could contribute. So all of those elements contributed to what the story was going to be. And I really wanted to work with Joel P. West, who's, um, who did, wrote all of the original music for the, for the movie. And I also wanted to work with Dominic Bogart, who I knew was an incredible character actor, but I had seen him on stage in Chicago um, in the musical uh, The Jersey Boys. And so was, I, I just knew him as this like very kind of intense character actor and then I went, to, I went to Chicago and saw him on stage just singing Walk Like a Man and doing all these funny dance moves and, and it, was, it was a combination of all those things that um, I, I wanted to try to do a musical that felt real you know that, ever, that never stepped into the boundary of performing um, of performance but something where the character would naturally sing songs that that were relevant to his life. And so did you turn over the the music writing responsibilities simply to Joel P West or or did you were you involved in that process? I mean I'm not a, I'm I'm not a songwriter at all. Um but the collaboration between us was really fun. I mean I would as I was writing the script I would just have spaces where he were, I mean, sometimes it was just like, and then, I mean, the first, the first song just needs to feel like a punch in the gut, and then the sec, and then another song needs to be created so so we can see the process of how a musician right now can make a song in his bedroom. Um, another song has to reveal something about a little a little bit of something about what happened with his mom, you know. So um, I would do my best to to portray to Joel how, how I wanted the song to feel. A lot of times I just like do weird hand motions and then he's like, okay. And then he, but then he would always go back and, and make something that was really amazing. Yeah. So it is kind of like that blueprint you were talking about before that you kind of laid this out for, mm-hmm. for him. And the, the film also features these really interesting flashback scenes which are shown in the form of um, family videos mm-hmm. without sound. Mm-hmm. So what does is, what is that portion of the screenplay look like when you're writing a scene where, where there's not going to be any dialogue? Uh, I mean, those... I mean, in the, in the sense of I'm not a hipster, if you read that screenplay, you'd be like, this is some sloppy writing. <laughs> I, I mean, I wrote it pretty quick, and I knew that, that, we, that I was going... That I'm directing it, so I knew where I could cut corners, and that's one place. I I knew that 
I wanted to see this, I wanted people to be able to see this family who are now, you know, in their 20s, this, this brother and his sisters who are now in their 20s and kind of jaded about life because a lot of real tragic things have happened to them. And I wanted to, to be able to see them in that, you know, as kids just being silly and having fun and playing make-believe and see them playing the piano and doing music just for fun, you know, not, not for any other reason. And um, there wasn't any specific... Uh, I didn't know exactly what we were going to get when we shot this stuff. Um, so we, we found some young actors to come to a house that we thought could pass for their place, you know, 10 years earlier or whatever. And... And I, I would just give the camera. We we brought a bunch of things for them to play dress up and play, play um, make believe with each other. And I would just hand the, I just handed the camera to one of the kids and then passed it off to another kid and just had them film each other. And I'd be hiding in the corner, saying like, aim it over here. Oh, look at that. And they so so the and if you watch the home video footage, it actually starts to feel creepily real. And there, there was one time when one of the, the youngest girl who was playing, she got so into her character that she had to go to the bathroom and she went and asked her fake mom to take her to the bathroom, <laughs> like the, the actor. And, she, and the actor, Lisa was the actor, and she looked at me and she's like, should I be taking her to the bathroom? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> So it does seem like because you were both writing and directing, there was a, a good bit of freedom in, yeah. in that process. Mm-hmm. In, in that yeah. Film. yeah. Um, let's, let's turn our attention to Short Term 12, the, the, the short film that to, to start with. Um, the film gives uh, viewers a glimpse into a, a day at a home for troubled adolescents and the counselors who work with them. Uh, and the genesis of this story comes from your own work in a similar home. Um, can you talk about the process of kind of adapting personal experience into a screenplay? Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's... It's wonderful. Um, it's a wonderful process to go through as, a, as just a personal learning experience and a way to analyze and work through things that, that you kind of... that you've experienced. And that, that movie, the short, I, I didn't start writing it, writing the screenplay until about three years after I had worked there. So I, I worked there for two years and then I went to film school and it was my, my thesis project at film school. And I think that that distance was important for me to be able to see it as not just my experience but to be able to see it as something that I was now a bit outside of and I could create into something that other people could relate to. Um, but it, it started from just going through my journals that I had written at that time and some of the stories that I, I had written initially just to process, not, not for any, any... There was no thought in my mind of turning it into a, a film, but some of those, those things that I read just really hit me. And so a lot of it was putting that straight into the screenplay. Um, and then that combined with interviews that I did with other people at other facilities who, who worked in similar, similar mm-hmm. situations. Now, as part, of your, as part of your film school program, you had, turned, uh, you had some experience in turning a short film into a feature or before Short oh, yeah. Term 12, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Um, in a, yeah, it was a documentary called Drachmar, A Vassal's Journey. And we, 
it was the school assignment was to do a short uh, documentary on anything. And Lowell and I, who I was working with at the time, we we were always driving by this group of people in a park near my near my house, or where I was living in o Ocean Beach, who would on I believe it was Wednesday nights they would dress up in full you know steel armor and um, and fight with swords. And <laughs> Ocean uh, Beach, yeah. I just like yeah, and <laughs> of course. And, uh, <laughs> And that, that was my reaction, too. It was like, oh, that's funny. Uh, until I like, got up close and realized like, they are hitting each other so hard with these steel swords in the face. But they, I mean, they have steel things on, but I, there were many times where somebody would pull off their helmet and they'd be bleeding down. And I was just like, this is crazy. And in, a, in like a very intriguing, good way. And so... Uh, we we decided to do our, our short documentary on them, um, and we were you know we were completely stepping in as outsiders who had no idea what this world was and who these people were, and um, who are honestly very easy to pass judgment on or to have you know come up with whatever opinion that naturally comes up when you see people fighting in in armor and I. <laughs> But it, it was over the course of doing this short film, we just interviewed a few of the people and, and, and interviewed this one young 14-year-old boy named Colin Taylor. Um, and that, that one interview, we just like fell in love with him. He was just this amazing kid who knew so much about every, every aspect of that time period that he was represented, that, that his in-game name represented. And... Um, and what that, that short film turned into was not a movie about people dressing up in med medieval garb. It, it, it turned into a movie about this young boy who, um, and his, his lack of his relationship with his real father and the relationship that he now had with his knight, you know, in this, in this fictional world that they played in once, once every week. And, um, so we followed, We ended up following him for three months, and as he became a man at arms, and it was, uh, you know, it was a really magical experience because we're, we're talking about writing, and it feels <clears throat> documentary filmmaking is the the process is really similar to me, but it's backwards because all of our research is happening with a camera and we're letting things unfold and we're just trying to collect anything that's interesting. And it feels like the same process that you go through when you're, when you're researching what you're gonna write about. You're just like, oh, that seems cool, that seems cool. And you're, but we're just aiming the camera at it and trying to grab all these things. And then the writing process happens in the editing room when we're going through every, all this footage that we collected and we're trying to figure out what, what actually fits into the story. So. It, um, that and that was so that so that project started as like a five minute short film, and because the story was was so much more, we discovered this relationship and all the, all of those the, those bigger themes were discovered in that first five minutes of shooting, and we decided to follow him for three months, and it turned into a you know a feature length documentary that we ended up selling to HBO, and it was a. Um, and in, in so many ways, it was like one of my favorite experiences working on anything. 
Um, and Colin Taylor has, is a wonderful human being, so it was a really cool experience. That's great. And, and so you, you came to, um, when you were making then the, the short version of Short Term 12, did you envision this as a, as a possibility of a, of a feature? The, the short of, of Short Term 12? I mean, no, because I can, I can never see beyond, oh, am I going to finish this movie? You know, I'm never like... <laughs> I'm never like, oh, I'm going to finish this movie and then I'm going to turn it into something better. Like, I, I, just, I was just stressing out over trying to make the short. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I found most impressive about the relationship between the short film and the subsequent feature was your development of the characters Grace, played so, so brilliantly by Brie Larson, and Mason, played equally well by John Gallagher Jr., because you basically took the existing story of the kids at the home and created a, a new story arc that was compelling and yet merged very well with the existing stories of the teens. And on top of everything else, you decided to create a female protagonist. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through the decisions involved in adapting the short to a feature and the decision to use a female protagonist? Sure. The, when, the, when the short um, did well at Sundance, when it won, when it won the, the award at Sundance, uh, everybody was asking for the feature. And I had already been trying to write the feature up until that point. Um, and what a lot of people told me was, you know, the short's working. Do the short, stretch into the feature. Those people like those characters, use those characters, stretch into a feature. But I, I never wrote the short with the intention of doing that. And every time I started to try to do that in a longer format, it felt... It just felt like plagiarism, even though it was it was like myself. <laughs> but it, I think more so than that, it just felt boring to me. Like, I, why am I going to do this again? And um, and as soon as I started thinking about changing the main character from a from a male to a female, it it became exciting because it became really scary, you know, and and it became something that I never done before, something that I, you know, I felt like uh, kind of inadequate to try to write from a female point of view, but it was also something that I feel like it, it, would, it would be a, a good experience for me to try to do and, you know, an, an excuse to talk to my sisters more. <laughs> I talk to my sisters a lot, but it was just, you know, it's just like a, um, a, a nice excuse to just jump into, jump into that uh, foreign headspace, which I thought was foreign at the time. Um, over, over the course of writing it, it, I mean, that was one wonderful thing, was that the experience of, of that character, her, you know, her fears and her anxieties and her, the, her vulnerability and the way that she puts on in a armor, you know, and, a, and walls to, to make herself appear strong all of those things are things that I completely relate to, and, and her, char- her character is not, um, even though my, it is a character that my sisters relate to a lot, it's also just me, you know, and so that, that was a, a wonderful little surprise over the course of making yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though, because you've mentioned, you've mentioned Drachmar's armor, and Brooke in I'm Not a Hipster uh-huh. certainly has a shield of, of uh, kind of anger, around him that he keeps people from getting close to him and, uh-huh. and now you, you've talked about 
uh, Grace putting on that shield as well. Yeah. Is that a kind of a... Yeah, maybe I have a problem. <laughs> well, you've got great material. I keep, I keep exploring. Uh, wonderful. No, it's, yeah, it, it is very true. I, I, it, it's, something that, it's something that I constantly forget somehow. I always have... Um, it's easy for me to have first impressions of, of somebody that are slightly negative if when they have that that um, wall up you know which sometimes comes so, sometimes comes across as um, you know just being snobby or ha- being um, thinking that they're too cool or, or just being kind of mean or but every single time that I've had that assumption once I got to know that person they're like one of my favorite people you know and uh, and and so that is an interesting thing that I maybe I'm just naturally drawn to that in my characters. I don't like I just I just want to see that person. Like I want to get to know them so well that we can have that. Com- you know, everyone's had that conversation with the person when they're like when you've gotten to know them well enough to say, "Remember when I first met you and I thought you were a complete." jerk you know and then you get to laugh about it at that point and and i i love you know I, that's my favorite conversation to have is that the kind of um is that the direction that the writing goes for you then it is it kind of starts with a character that you're wanting to get to know more than a series of events that you want to kind of relate yes. or, or do these things go hand in hand yeah you, i mean for me it's it's usually not extremely plot first um but sometimes, I mean, yeah, the, the, I mean, the thing I'm writing right now actually started a little bit more with a concept, but very quickly that concept was wrapped around a person that I could relate to and see and imagine um, and, and feel, you know, hum- feel like that, that, that plot is, is now humanized in some yeah. way. Before we leave Short Turn 12, I, I, I was thinking about Keith Stanfield, who, who plays Marcus yeah. in both the short and the feature, yeah. and, and uh, the, um, who, go, who, who is now in Selma as I Jimmy know. Lee Jackson. Oh, yeah. my goodness, what a role. He is awesome. Yeah. His, his rap performance is a strong element in the feature. Um, I'm assuming you didn't write that for him. Did, how was that? Did you do the same thing that you were doing? You were talking about talking about with with your instructions to Joel. Yeah, I mean, if Keith was here, he, <laughs> um, I wrote the first draft of the rap, which is in the script, and then if Keith was here, he would say that I wrote the first draft and he read it and made it good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, there, it was a it was a little bit different with the rap because there were very specific things that needed to come across um, in in a way that didn't feel obvious you know and and so I did I mean basically line for line just wrote it um, as best I could and then trusted him to make it cool like to make it feel real and to and so um, and he's but he he's also just an amazing lyricist and yeah. writer and you can all listen to his album uh, if you just Google Moore's music, M-O-O-R-S. Uh, his, he's, they just came out with a new album, and he's, he's really incredible. Wow, what a talent. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so it seems, though, that then that a screenplay, a writer of a screenplay, more so than the writer of a short story or a novel, has to be kind of willing to collaborate, has to be willing to kind of, because as you said, the screenplay is not the finished product, yeah. the film's the finished product, and so you have to be willing to kind of have this give and take with actors. And, oh, yeah. Uh, how how does that does that work happen in read-throughs on the set all along the way? Are you open to characters saying, yeah, "I think I'd do it this way," or Im- improvising scenes around a basic idea? I am. That's my favorite part. Um, I mean, it, it's all. I mean, if I was if I was one of the Cohen brothers, then I wouldn't be into that. I'd just be like, "I'm an amazing writer, and you will say my words." Um, but. <laughs> I'm not that type of writer, and I never think that anything I write is perfect. Not because I'm insecure, it's because I'm always hoping that it will be better. I'm always hoping that it will become more alive than what I am able to do in words, you know? And so, and I, I, just, I just love actors and what they do. I don't understand it. <laughs> I have no idea how they do that, um, but... It, it, it's extremely exciting to me, and I think, and it's in some ways, it's 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 the same sort of excitement that I get from doing documentaries. It's when I mean, there's something so thrilling about happening to be in a moment in time when you're you, when you have a camera in your hand and you're recording something that will never happen again, and it just happens and it's in your frame, you know, and and that happens on a, a set. When, when your actors feel free enough to just like go with it and and maybe go off script or maybe do something in a in a something that even surprises them. I mean, there's so many moments when we we're shooting short term twelve when people would do things that would sp- surprise themselves. You know, um, one I mean, one scene that was like not written in the script at all and I don't even know but it's in the movie you know when when Marcus comes in with his shirt off and he just like sits down it just wasn't in the script that his shirt was off and I was in the other room looking at the monitor and then he had done it a few times and I'm just same frame I see him come in he sits down uh, and his shirt's on and sits down and then and then we're like, okay, let's do it one more time. And then he comes in, and, the, and his shirt's off. And I'm just like, what is going on? Why is his shirt off? But, but then it was like, oh, that looks amazing. So we just shot the whole thing with his shirt off. Um, but I have no idea what it was in Keith's mind to be like, on this take, I'm just going to take my shirt off. Uh, but it was, like, very natural. That's what, what, his, what his character would have done. And, but there are just so many moments where little things like that were just made just made it a little bit more real than what I had written. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so you're now involved in writing a screenplay based on an existing source, Jeanette Wall's memoir, The Glass Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, how did you get involved in this project? This was something that um, the producer, Gil Netter, uh, he, had, he had seen I'm Not a Hipster and Short Term 12, and um, and brought brought the project to me and and so I had to go in and and I read the book and just loved it and then I went into him and tried to pitch what I would what I would do and and then I had to go into Lionsgate and first first I had to pitch as a director so I was like t- trying to just tell them how passionate I was about him and think the way that I saw the movie and. Um, and then uh, 
I, I actually asked my friend Andrew Lanham to to co-write it with me to help adapt this book because I I was like going when I was we were hanging out and I was telling him about the book and he had read it and I was and I was telling him some ideas what about this and he had some ideas and it just felt so fun and so I asked him to to do it with me so so we had to go in to Lionsgate and we had these two giant boards these big white boards um, that we had that we had pretty much mapped out like every sequence and every scene that we had done and and color coordinated <laughs> and it, and it looked very impressive when you it's just like all these color coordinated words in outline form um, and 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 we we went in and presented to Lionsgate and it was like um, it was it was actually I mean it was really ner- I was super nervous but it, it was it was kind of fun doing it that way um, it was just like us and then the the executives and our producer and and it wasn't like a it was like a big conference room but we were all just huddled around these whiteboards and they were all just sitting like this and we were just like and then this happens and then this happens and they're just like mm-hmm. so we went through the whole movie like that um, and. And then they signed us off, and then we started writing it, and and it was, you know, it was one of the toughest things I've ever done, but it was also pretty fun. Work, I mean, working with Andrew was really fun. Yeah, and so you're working with another writer, but you're also working with an, exic- an existing story. Yeah. So there's a certain boundedness, I would think, to that. That this is you have to stay true to the spirit of this and decide what. What episodes you can that will translate well to film and totally, I mean, um, because it's it, not just because it's a book, because it's a good book, we we have to we have to stay do our best to stay stay true to it. And um, there there were just so many things that I learned through that process. Uh, I mean, so much. I'm always learning. And I shouldn't be on this stage, <laughs> um, but you guys are just hearing lessons that I'm like constant, right in the middle of right now, you know. And everything that I'm saying are things that I think tr- think about and try to remind myself every morning. And um, that that whole process was, you know, it, it's it's scary because I love the book so much, and it's it, it was scary once we started getting into it and realizing. How, how little space you have in a screenplay. Right. Um, how much we actually have to get rid of. Um, uh, it, it was like a huge realization as to why you constantly hear people say, I love the book and I didn't really like the movie. Um, and, but then, you know, I, I, I started, I mean, the, the most... Um, I think freeing thing that that we had to remind ourselves of, which is something that Jeanette was so wonderful and gracious about, was reminding us that this it's it's a new piece of art. You know, it's not. I mean, it's called an adaptation, and it is, but it's a new thing, and it should be a new thing, and they should not be compared because they are incomparable. <laughs> um, uh, the and the the only thing that 
so the the main thing that we are just constantly having to remind ourselves of is what is the heart of this story and is the scene that we're writing um, connected to that you know is it does it feel like her voice and and is as as a whole does this screen is this screenplay doing the same thing that that Hmm. book did um sometimes sometimes uh sacrifices need to be made in order to keep the whole thing feeling closer to the truth of the book you know and and if if i if we just went through the book and pulled out every great amazing scene because there are just so many amazing tragic moving scenes one after another in that book if we pulled out every single one of those and tried to cram them into a movie it would be true to the book sort of scene by scene but as a whole it would not be true to the book at all because it would it just would not it would not flow and it wouldn't you know it just would be a bad movie yeah and so finding finding that the the balance between um you know, looking at looking at this screenplay uh, as, as a whole, and whether whether it is truthful to the heart of the story as a whole, was definitely a a big learning curve and something that I learned a, a ton about. Yeah. yeah, I would think so. And, and you also are dealing then with the expectations of a of an audience coming to the film with. Yeah. A commitment to the story. Yeah, don't remind me about that. Sorry, <laughs> because that seems like a completely different project than when you're writing your own screenplay. Oh yeah, where people come to the to I'm not a hipster. Well, short term twelve maybe prepared you a little bit because people had if they saw the short film had expectations for what the feature was going to be a, sure. a, about. But but short term twelve people, was not like a New York Times bestselling. <laughs> the stakes are a little higher. You think you're thinking with this. <laughs> But, but the stakes are super high because this isn't just a, a book, you know. This is somebody's life. These characters are real people who yeah. existed in this world. And um, if if anything, we did our, our best to stay true to those people, you know, those characters and and um, and what their what their their relationships to each other and what their journey was. I'm assuming the budget for uh, Glass Castle is going to be a little bigger than the budget you've worked with in the past. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. A little bit. <laughs> Does, is that freeing for you as a screenwriter? Is that is that constricting? What is that? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was interesting writing without constantly saying how much would this scene cost, you know. Um, and Gil was really... Uh, I mean, he 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 made it very clear. He just said not to think about that and just write the best thing that we could. So yeah, it was it was freeing. Yeah, good. But I kind of like those restraints sometimes. You know, it's it's also um, those those kinds of things are budgetary constraints are actually quite freeing in a weird way. They spark a lot of creativity right. for me. Well, if you go back to I'm Not a Hipster, I've heard you say that, that, that uh, it was what I could do and what my friends could do, what we could do cheaply. It was, so yeah. There's a certain creativity to what do I have around me to, to, to pull this off. Yeah, totally. And, and because the budget was so low and because there were zero expectations on us, like if that thing just completely sucked, we could have just not I mean no one would even know it just no one would watch it and we'd be um, but that that was incredibly freeing and our mantra on that movie for everybody involved was 
look, nobody's really getting paid very much on this movie, like hardly anything, so let's just not care. You know, let's not care if we fail. Um, just try some, let's all just try something we haven't tried before and, and push limits and, and try and, and not care if it completely falls apart, which was, uh, which made the whole thing really fun and that's something that I, that I try to get back to. Yeah. It, it seems like in any genre of writing, it, it's one thing to write a short story, it's one thing to write a novel, it's one thing to write a screenplay, and then seems another thing altogether to have a career as a writer, as a writer of screenplays. Uh-huh. Do you, are you at a place where you're thinking about that, of like, like what else is possible for you, what other directions you'd like to go, is, or, is, or are you just so focused on this project that you, that, that doesn't really, because I'm, I'm thinking, as you, you were talking about, I'm thinking about the expectations with each project. Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, thinking, thinking about, um, screenwriting and movie making as a career because I mean, it's one thing to have a career and then it's also there's another thing to have a career and a happy life mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and meaningful art yeah for sure and and you know the the idea of of career and and making honest art is like I mean those things are not they, they kind of battle each other quite a bit um, if when you're in the process of making one thing, you're also thinking about the three other things that you need to have backed up in case this thing doesn't happen. Because that's how you make a career, you know? In Hollywood, you, you have five projects or so listed in development on your IMDb page. <laughs> um, and, and you're kind of bouncing between those. You're writing one while you're, while you're developing the other one. And, if if this thing kind of falls away or this one gets funding, then you jump onto that one and then you do it while you're prepping another one. And um, at least right now, I I feel lucky to not have to do that. And um, I I just do one thing at a time. So I, I've the the writing process for for the Glass Castle is kind of. Um, at least for now, have come come to an end. So I, last year, I, I've up until now, I've been researching and doing this other script that is a, a bit more, a, a bit more personal and um, some, it is something that I'm doing with a with a production company um, who I really love. But it's it's slightly smaller in scale and a bit more personal. Oh, they're both really personal, right. so I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned that when you were working in the group home, you were keeping a journal. Is that is that the way you work as a writer, kind of writing down? Or are you always, do you try to write every day on a screenplay, or do you kind of go project to project? Yeah. How, tr- does, this, yeah, how does this work? I'm like incredibly undisciplined. Um, and I, I, I try to write every day, but you know, there's, for this one, I had to the one that I'm doing right now, I had to do quite a bit of research, and some of, some of that was—I mean, a lot of that was reading, reading a whole book to find out that there's nothing in this book I can use, <laughs> um, and uh, and spending a whole week doing doing something to find out that it was completely pointless. But it's not pointless; it's just like process of elimination, and. Uh, 
but but there was you know so part of it was that, and then part of it was volunteering at, at certain places that that allowed me to to gain personal experience in the thing in the world that I, that I'm researching. Um, a lot of it was interviewing people who are are going through similar things to the characters that I wanted to experience, and watching a lot of documentaries and just going on YouTube. There's a lot of good stuff on YouTube, um, and and it's a combination of all that stuff. But it is, it's difficult to know when to stop. Like, and so at some point, I I felt like, okay, I know I don't have everything, but I don't really know what else I need specifically because I don't know what's going to fit into the screenplay. So I I did enough um, for a, a couple months, and then I, enough to do an outline of what I wanted the characters to be going through emotionally. And so now I'm trying to get through writing it, and and in places that I don't fully know the research, I just kind of generically write it or leave notes like figure this out or things like that. So if you had to choose, would you rather write a screenplay and turn it over to a, another director, or would you rather have someone else write a screenplay and hand it to you as a director? Do you see yourself? So, I mean, your projects have did been I, written and I directed. Ri- did I write a really good screenplay? <laughs> if you write a really good screenplay, you want to direct it, probably. Yeah, if I didn't write a really good screenplay, I'd hand it over to somebody. <laughs> and if, if that screenplay that someone gave to me wasn't very good, then I probably wouldn't take that. But if it was really good, then I would probably take it. Yeah. Do you think most screen, screenwriters would, would like to direct their own work, or, or are there people who just want to write and don't want to get involved in the... Yeah, there's some, definitely some pure writers, I believe. Um, I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah. But for you, it's, it's a matter of kind of one project that, that, you, that you envision from your words through collaboration to a final finished product? I mean, so, so far, I, I mean, I'm completely open to the idea of, of writing something for somebody else. And I mean, I'm open to both ideas. Um, but so far, I, I, I haven't read anything that I connected with so much that made me really want to do that. Um, but I'm sure I will, because there's so many people who are much better writers than I am, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that will happen at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there is something about the process of writing that gets me very prepared to direct it. And by the end of the writing process, because it's such a visual way, of, when you write a screenplay, everything is visual. The, the words that you're putting down serve no other purpose but to put a picture into somebody's brain. Every single description is just picture, you know. Um, and And so... The, when I'm writing a screenplay, I'm just naturally thinking of every shot and how I would frame it and how um, what what the place would look like. So, but by the by the time I'm done writing it, it, it feels natural to want to direct it. Yeah. And now you you mentioned that the Glass Castle kind of came to you as, as a project, and someone told you about it, and then you read the book. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yes. Have you had the experience of reading a short story, reading a novel, and thinking, "Wow, this could I could really adapt this. I could really work with this material." Yeah, I've had that before. I've never really acted on it yet. And I can't recall any of them right now. Well, because I'm thinking, I would, as you're explaining this, I would think that would be a really interesting reading process then for someone, because I would think you'd be reading something, a work of fiction, and be visualizing 
what what yeah. this would look like. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, a, a lot of a lot of novels that I read now are it's what it, the question is: would it would that make a good movie or not? And there are there are certain you know there's there's a lot of novels that are that are amazing. Uh, when you as as a piece of literature that would make the worst movie, you know, because all the beauty of it is in the prose, um, which has nothing to do with filmmaking, unless mm. you're just going to have a narrator reading the novel. Um, and that's so cinematic. Yeah. That's worked. That's, that's worked well <laughs> for so many screenwriters over the years. <laughs> that that um, what kind of advice then would you give for for students? Uh, for other people who are interested in doing this kind of work, I mean, how how do you begin to make movies? Do you even begin in thinking about a screenplay, or do you begin in another way? Um, everything starts with a screenplay. However, I mean, some screenplays literally are outlines, and um, uh, I mean, if you ever watch like a Joe Swanberg movie or something, he he works off of an of an outline. Um, and he knows what he, you know, he, he knows what he's going to do in every scene, and it feels, you know, emotionally, it's still doing what a screenplay does. But he doesn't write the dialogue, and um, and his actors just make it up as they go, even though they know what's going to happen in the beginning and end. But that's, you know, that's a screenplay. You have to start with something on a page and a plan of some kind, because you are collecting a group of people together, and you're trying to make some one thing together. So. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it starts with the plan, and what the, the beauty of that is that it's free. It's like you don't, you can, if you don't have a laptop or a final draft or whatever, you can just use, use a, you know, Tarantino writes everything longhand. And then, so it's, you can work on it as long as you want and write as many as you want, and it, it is kind of a, kind of, Amazing that writing is free, and it, and somehow it, you can hand it to another human being, and they can they can be moved so much by just these things on a page. Um, and but I don't know for for me it's I I always get a little bit uncomfortable talking about how to make it in an industry or how to you know, how to get to a certain place in filmmaking or storytelling. And uh, and it's, I mean, partially it's because there is no clear route, um, but it, it's also partially because I, I feel like everybody talks about that and it is the wrong, um, the wrong reason to do it. Uh, I, I think, and... And no matter what, if you go into it with the idea of this step is going to get me, it's going to help me make it in, in this industry, I promise you, you will be disappointed all the time. You still might get there eventually, but it's going to just be this really disappointing voyage, I think, because <laughs> it's never going to go as you expect it to go. And... Um, this is this is something that I that I am continually learning. So and it's it's just this idea of why do I do this, you know? And it can be applied to any creative or anything, I suppose. But it's for me, it I I do this because I love 
doing it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't do this to, to have a career, to make, to make money or to get to a certain point or to get an award. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna lie that those temptations come in all the time, but I like have to remind myself every day to not think about that because then what comes out when you're writing is just this weird forced like concoction of what other people you think other people want or what will win an award or what you know and it, um, that that's that shouldn't be the reason for for writing things or for or for making something it it should I, I mean I, for me it should come from a place of of processing through something of trying to learn about something about a world of um, of trying to just learn to get better at this craft you know and with when when I when I constantly try to convince myself that what I'm saying right now is real and true <laughs> then the end in the end I'm I'm happy regardless of what happens and and I mean when you listed off these awards in the beginning I mean it is really wonderful and nice but um, Short Term 12 The Feature won, won the jury prize and, and audience award at South by Southwest. If I told you how many failures that script had and that movie had, how many rejections it had before that, um, how many rejections that script had before it won the Nickel Fellowship, um, it's, it was like, you know, I, I was really depressed about that script at one point and thought, and it was very tempting to say, I have no idea what I'm doing. The script is horrible. I'm going to give up on it. Mm. And then it wins this award. Um, but I can't believe in that award either because the next time when I make something and it doesn't win an award, then it's, you know, so, right. so the, 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 the awards and accolades are, are wonderful. Um, but the, the, the idea of creating something for the sake of creating it is for the sake of personal, right. you know, learning something and, and working with other people, learning how to work with some other people, learning something about myself, becoming a better person in the process of work, you know, that those are things that I try to cling to. Right. Although, I mean, the, for me, the, the most rewarding part of the awards would seem to be the, the uh, audience awards, where, where there's this group of people who are, especially after you've been through rejections with a script and so forth, to, to find an audience of people who say, yeah, we really love this. This, yeah. this is really something yeah, that but we the, connect but, with. But the award, um, I mean, we won an audience award at South by Southwest, but I also sat in, in audiences of watching other films that did not win an audience award where those audiences were moved yeah. like and laughed and so yeah we did win an award but the award happened when i was sitting in the audience before and and i felt connected with these people that i never knew and i i mean that first night when short term 12 played at at, at south by southwest i sat in the back in a room full of people who I, I didn't know a single person in this giant room, and I had no idea if the jokes that we had written in this weird drama were going to communicate at all. And the first time, people laughed, 
And then the first time they got quiet and I could tell people were getting emotional, I, I just felt so connected to everybody in that room in a, in a very strange, like, beautiful, personal way. When it, it, it felt like we, you know, I, I knew them. Yeah. I, they, it felt like they knew me and I knew them. Like, I, oh, I, you're laughing at that? I laugh at that, too. Like, we, we could go hang out. And, like, you know, and, <laughs> um, and it, it, that, that was a, a beautiful thing that I know. I mean, we're the only ones who won an award that, that night, but I know we're not the only film that, where the filmmakers experience that. Sure. And it, that, I mean, to me, that's the beauty of, of any art form in it. Um, so I try not to think about awards. Right. I won't bring them up again, then. <laughs> <laughs> the, the collaborative nature of so much of what you've talked about it, it seems like um, an interesting aspect of, of filmmaking and, and writing screenplays as well, that, that you do gather this team together, this family together, and go through this experience together, and then you leave. You yeah, you go on to something like else. summer camp. Is for that, sure. Is this difficult? Is this? Totally. I mean, and and do you then? Are, do you find yourself then writing with, if not particular actors in mind, types of actors that you think will do well in these, in in this role that you're writing, or, or are you thinking in terms of real people when you're writing? Your characters, who might embody this character for you? Uh huh. I use my friends a lot. I I actually will put my friends' names into movies and with with the intention of changing them, and then I never do. <laughs> um, but um, like in I'm Not a Hipster, the three sisters um, are their names are Brooke or well his name's Brooke, and the three sisters' names are Joy, Spring, and Merrily. And my my younger brother's name is Brooke, and my three sisters are Joy Spring and Merrily, and and then there's you know and there's Clark who is who is Brooke's friend, and one of my best friends who went to Point Loma here is Clark, and I mean they're not totally, nobody's really like right, exactly. exactly like those people, but there's like a spirit in them that that kind of just makes me giggle <laughs> um, and maybe makes the writing process a little less lonely yeah. um, but I, that, that helps a lot I, I mean a lot of writers and writer directors will write with specific people in mind uh, specific actors in mind and I, I do that sometimes but um, I don't think I'm quite at the point where I, I know I can get that person so I don't want to disappoint myself <laughs> right. so I, well, I also think that the surprise of, of what an actor that you don't know, that you're just getting to know, can bring to a role would, totally. would enliven your work yeah, as well. Yeah, totally. Like when I, when, I mean, in every project that I've done, I try to have an open mind when we're auditioning and when somebody walks in that does not look at all like what I expected, I try to tell myself to keep an open mind and there's always at least one or two roles where it's almost the exact opposite of what I initially thought. And something that they do just completely um, wrecks me or makes me laugh. And yeah. In Short Term 12, the short, Jaden, the girl, was initially a boy. And a girl came in, uh, th- that actress came in to do a background role. And we didn't have anything to give her, so we gave her those lines. And she just, like, made me cry. And so that became a girl. 
And then, Which is why she complains about having a boy's name. Because yeah. <laughs> you made the switch. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's weird. I never, so, I never thought about that. So when, uh, <laughs> when, do you, um, when do you start filming Glass Castle? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe okay. this year. Um, yeah, the the patience we'll it must take to work through this system where you've got a screenplay ready, but you don't know what the next step is and all those kinds of things. Yeah, it's like a little bit of patience, but it's more just like thinking that maybe it's never going to happen, yeah. so I better move on to something else. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, right now, my my uh, what I can do is done, so I'm working on something else until it's time to jump back in. Wonderful. Yeah. Destin, thank you so much. Would you thank him for his, his contribution tonight and uh, his insights into screenwriting? Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.